Simon Touring Cars at uh, Brands Hatch this weekend, and of course, the B BRDC superstar Jake is uh, still in the mix. She must have been pretty proud, I would have thought, at the beginning of the first meeting of the season by seeing his name at the top of the uh, points list. Yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. I think we uh, always, like any driver and any uh, any of his family and friends and partners and supporters, everybody wants to see him do as well as possible. But as you know, the, the uh, Quick Fit British Touring Car Championship is about as competitive as it gets. Um, and whilst you know we knew we were going into the season, or Jake was going into the season with a very, very strong package, certainly the best overall package I think he's ever had uh, as a season start, it, it is so tough that it would have been um, an expectation that I think would have been more realistic would have been perhaps where we are now, which is fifth in the championship. Um, so, yeah, it was a huge pride, um, a very pleasant surprise, um, but a testament to a great job by the team. And, uh, and obviously, Jake did a solid job uh, on track as well. And also the general feeling is that he's settled into this forward focus very nicely as well. He's got used to the car and he's getting something out of the car that satisfies his driving skills, yeah? Very much so. Um, Motorbase, obviously, as a team, developed the car brilliantly last year. Five wins between uh, Rory and Ollie last year. A lot of data that was carried over. Um, Jake's been able to take some of his team from last year. His engineer, Craig Pauly, has come across as his, uh, his mechanics, uh, Ben and Rob, um, and a couple of the other guys. So he's had that consistency, which has helped. So moving into a new car with a new engine and some other new people around has been perhaps less of a transition than it would have been. But inherently, from the very first time he drove it, which actually was at Brands Hatch, in, uh, I think it was in March, he said straight away, this is a very good car. Chassis is great. Everything about it feels strong. And uh, he felt very confident going into it. And I think also the nice thing about Jake is he gives a very laid-back sort of persona. He, he didn't sort of seem to get too rattled about anything, but I suppose he, he will do if he has a problem with the car or he has a problem on the track. But his general demeanour is very relaxed and very easygoing. Yeah, I think as, as part of that is that he's just his natural way. He just never seems to let things get to him. I've never seen him um, particularly one way or another. He doesn't get particularly down or particularly overexcited. Obviously, like all drivers, they have a, a, a little bit of a temper every now and again. <laughs> but it wouldn't be competitive if he didn't. But you're right. I think that helps his, his mental approach to it. You know, everybody talks an awful lot about psychology of, of sport and especially motor racing um, and I think one of the things that he's always had is just that self-belief but also an understanding that there's certain things you can control and certain things you can't so when it doesn't necessarily go your way um, he seems to deal with it and shrug it off pretty quickly which is I think what you need to do to be competitive in any sport but especially in most sports. Absolutely. I think the BRDC, um, uh, if you like, commendation, if you like, also uh, counts an awful lot as far as his career is concerned. Very much so. I mean, he's been uh, a part of the BRDC in one way, shape or form since he was in Geneta Juniors. Uh, um, as you probably know, they've got a, a fabulous program called Rising Stars, where drivers from the age of 16 uh, to 24, I think it is, can be um, recognised for their potential and get support from the club. Um, and he was picked in 2010 when he was having a stellar year in Geneta Juniors. Um, and he was very proud to stay on that program all the way through until he was, he was basically too old. Um, and the irony of it is, is that um, you also have to score sort of points, as it were, during your career to potentially be eligible to be a full member of the BRDC. And, uh, and he dropped off of the BRDC uh, Rising Stars scheme 
um, at the beginning of 2019, um, when I think he was yeah just about to turn 25, and then within a one race he got a podium, which qualified him to be a BRDC member. But the, the Superstars program is extremely extremely uh, important because it's it's um, there's only a, I think a dozen or maybe 13 drivers from the Commonwealth that are chosen to, as elite athletes, um, and to be chosen alongside Ash Sutton, who we all know is is a real superstar. Interestingly, they're only a month apart in age, Ash and Jake. I think Ash is a month older than Jake. Um, but it just shows you that, that uh, they've recognised two, uh, obviously I'm biased, and I will think Jake is one of them, but two of, of probably the best young talents uh, to come through touring cars for a long time. Absolutely right. Now, uh, he's 27, and uh, I seem to remember you mentioning about the fact that you were 22 when you started motor racing. So, presumably... Um, he was getting involved or you were getting involved in motorsport before you actually got in a racing car yourself. How did it work out? Yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> for me personally, I'd always been passionate about it. We, we used to live, we moved from London to Brands Hatch or near Brands Hatch when I was very small and wanted to go and listen to see what it was that I was hearing, you know, charging around a racetrack and that got me excited by it. But, uh, of course, back in the day when I was uh, starting racing, you had to have a full driver's license before you could go racing. So not like now, where Jake and lots of other drivers have been able to start as juniors, you know, as young as 14. So um, for him, it was very much Dineka Juniors, as, as you know. You, I can remember you interviewing him when, uh, when he, was, uh, he was just starting. And, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a very different sort of position in life. At 22, you're starting to try and find your way in the world. At 14, obviously, you're still a baby. But uh, it's amazing to think that 27, he's been, this year, he'll have been racing something like 14 years in cars. That's not even uh, allowing for a little bit of karting he did before that. So, you know, a very different mindset. And uh, he's about to take to compete in his 150th touring car race at uh, Alton Park. So that's a hell of a milestone. Absolutely fantastic. Now, was his push chair, the first push chair he had a go-kart? He did when he was very little. Um, he, he never, never really wanted to, uh, never really wanted to do much. But I remember instead of not about his first push chair being a go kart, but certainly I remember, uh, like a lot of, of kids at that age, uh, get very excited by seeing racing cars on the TV, and it was all Lego and scale electric and you know toy cars and all video games, all that stuff. But we've got a great photo of him with a kind of um, makeshift uh, racing car made out of pots and pans wearing my crash helmet from when I was racing when he must have been about three years old so clearly something had, uh, had already sparked uh, uh, an interest at a very early age. But I mean from your perspective I guess uh, when you started out of course I mean you were into single seaters and you did things like the uh, the Renault Spider Cup and stuff like that so you were sort of trying a hand at sort of single seaters and lots of different sort of sports car and touring car racing uh, yourself but did you in fact steer him in any particular direction from then onwards or not? Yeah, very much so. It was it was a very dis, a definite decision from a very early point in uh, in things to say, look, you know, to try to go to Formula One, however talented he may or may not be, as we all know, is an extremely difficult thing to do because of the, um, the sheer you know funding that's required and the opportunities are so limited. Whereas sports cars, um, he's always had a passion for Le Mans. Um, we went there when he was about. 14 um, and touring cars he again had a passion for that because I was involved in the TV side of things and the support racing so he'd come along to watch that was always the, uh, his passion and, and it was always a goal to try to, to get to touring cars as far, as far up the ladder as possible in touring cars but also he still has one eye on racing in sports cars at some point and maybe doing them all 
Fantastic. But in terms of your career, I mean, did he come along and actually see you at the high, the very high spots in your career as well, as far as your racing was concerned? I think he, I think he might have had a day off on my high spots of my career, Patrick. They're very limited. Uh, <laughs> very kind of you to say that. You're being very generous. Um, one thing, one thing he does, he always says he remembers, is that you mentioned Renault Spiders, which, uh, you know, at, my, at one point I was teammates with the great Andy Creo. Um, so uh, I think all racing drivers have got that kind of, there was a t-shirt once I saw it said the older I get the faster I was I've never really understood it until I got older but clearly what it means is that when you start telling the war stories about how great you were you, you seem to become you know the next best thing since Ed and Senna in terms of USP but certainly for me racing with someone like Andy was, was a great privilege I learned an awful lot true pro but what Jake does remember from that period was sitting on my lap um, and me driving him around the paddock I think it was at Thruxton when he was about four or five years old so, again, I think that that's probably something that stuck with him. But uh, I stopped racing, sort of seriously racing in 2001. So he would have been about seven years old at the time. So clearly uh, it had done enough at that age to, to kind of get, get under his skin, I think. And also, I mean, you turned your career from uh, trying to be a motor racing superstar to, to becoming a racing commentator as well with, uh, with, the, um, with, with, with Motos TV. Yeah, I, I was very fortunate. Actually, it's uh, Ben Edwards, who we all know, obviously, has been a fantastic commentator in various different series. Um, ben and I used to work together. When I was racing, I was also instructing, like a lot of drivers do, at Brands Hatch at the racing school. And Ben and I worked together there, got on very well. And, and I, as I said, I hadn't long stopped racing when Ben was commentating for motors and said, look, I could do with a hand here. I'm trying to do all of these races on my own. You've been involved in this paddock, in your coaching drivers. You've raced a lot of these types of cars. How about giving it a go? And I thought, you know, what the hell, give it a go. And um, the very first race I commentated on was at Silverstone. And it was a Formula Renault race when Formula Renault was in its heyday. And it was won by some bloke called Lewis Hamilton in 2003. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a bad start, was it? Uh, Name-dropping, yeah. now, aren't you, basically? Name-dropping. Oh, well, well, this is the way I always explain it to people. And I said about how, you know, when you get older, you always say that you are a much better driver than you were. But what I can say is that if you take it from a media point of view, I've done Le Mans twice. I've done uh, DTM. I've done GP2, GP3, World Rally Cross, World Rally Championship. Um, and the various other things in between, sports cars. So as a commentator, of course, just to be clear. But nevertheless, it was a great honour to be involved. I thoroughly enjoyed it and, uh, and had some great, uh, great fun and lot, met lots of fantastic people doing it. Fantastic stuff. And uh, I mean, as far as uh, touring cars are concerned, you've been doing stuff with the touring cars as well, haven't you? Yeah, in, in the past I have done. I mean, obviously with, with Jake now competing in it for the last, uh, well, 2013 was his first race, but certainly regularly since 2016. My, my job, if you call it that, is over the race weekend, obviously not so much at the moment with the, the dreaded COVID going on, but um, it's normally to look after all the sponsors and guests that we have. As you know, Patrick, there's usually hundreds, if not thousands of guests for the various different teams for not just touring cars, but all the support races. So I act as a, as a host. I explain the day. I get the guys tour around the garage, show them the car, get them on the grid when we were allowed to do that. So I'm very much um, sort of explaining the ins and outs of what's going on because clearly Jake, whilst he spends some time, he's got a, his head down focusing on the job in hand of trying to do the best possible job uh, in the car over the three races on the Sunday. So when you actually look at it, and again, you'll understand from your perspective in the media, Patrick, that, that these guys and girls have very little downtime 
over a race day. You know, they literally in the car, out the car, debriefing, bit of time maybe doing some media stuff, back in the car again. And it's, it's, a, it's a pretty full-on day for them. So anything that I can do to help take the, the pressure off, not just Jake, but the other, the other drivers in the team, by talking to guests and doing that kind of stuff is always a, is always a real pleasure. So it helps having had that kind of media background where I'm used to, um, as my wife would say, talking rubbish about cars. very sensible well when you look at touring cars as a whole i mean it's a very it's very much a family business i mean i think about the neils you think about the morgans you think about all the other families that are actually involved in in motorsport in in the british touring car championship and you're very much in that sort of mold of being part of a family who have been very much part of the touring car program and the history of touring cars for many many years and it says a lot about the sort of family business that we have within the British Touring Car Championship. Yeah, it does very much so. I think, you know, it is one of the things that, that going back to talking about guests again, some of our guests that we've had along at races said how incredibly friendly and how laid back it is and how accessible and how everybody really is enthusiastic to get everybody involved. And, and I think you're right. I mean, every, every team, I think you go down the paddock, there's that element of of, of actual family or certainly people that are as good as your family. When you spend as much time at a racetrack as you do over a season, um, you know, you get pretty close to everyone and, and it's really good if you've got that, ama- you know, amazing rapport with, with the crew and with everybody else. So, yes, you're right. I think it is a, very much a family business um, and, and it does show because, obviously, um, like all families, you have bad days. You have days when you want to strangle each other and you have days when you want to hug each other. So that sort of evens itself out over the year, I think. <laughs> but no, I mean, fantastic. But uh, as far as this weekend is concerned, I mean, obviously we wish wish uh, you and, of course, your dear, lovely boy, Jake, uh, a lot of success at the weekend. And, of course, the team he races with as well, which is Motorbase. And, uh, and, and may it continue. And far as, as far as the Touring Car Championship is concerned, I mean, like all sport, I mean, we desperately want to get the, 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 the spectators back there to enjoy it, be part of that sort of atmosphere. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yes, I mean, one thing's for certain. I mean, like all sports, we want to get the fans back because the fans are very much part of what makes the Touring Car Weekends. As any sport knows... It's great to have the fans there to cheer, you know, teams on and whatever else. But it'll be great to get the fans back. But at least we're having, we're having, we've had started to get the fans coming through the gates, which is nice. Yeah, very much so. It was lovely to see people back uh, on the banks and waving. We did a track walk actually on Friday evening at, uh, sorry, no, early Saturday morning at Snetterton. And I went around with Jake and the other drivers. And even then at sort of half seven, eight in the morning, to see the you know the bank starting to fill up with people with their deck chairs and waving with their flags and everything it just reminded you what a fabulous tifosi if you want to call it that that we have in british touring cars and it's going to be amazing to see a, a big crowd once again so yeah bring it on as soon as possible and obviously i mean the television coverage for the british touring car championship is second to none as far as that's concerned as well very much so i mean obviously you've been lucky enough to be part of the, of the team there um on the support race stuff but in the past and i know an incredibly hard-working group of people. And what, what's amazing when you think about it, if you look at most uh, high-level motorsport now, there's it, very, very little that's shown live on terrestrial TV. Most of it's on some sort of uh, pay channel. So to have that quality and quantity, because obviously it's a seven-hour program, including all the support races regularly, plus you get the um, uh, qualifying shown online, it's an amazing amount of coverage, and it helps very much from a commercial point of view when you're talking to companies and individuals that want to get involved 
to show them what one of the key benefits is the amount of media coverage, social media, and uh, and even guys with crazy hair like yourself, Patrick, you come along and talk to us all, which is always lovely. Fantastic <laughs> stuff. Well, I appreciate that. So can we just wish you all the very best for the weekend? Obviously, I hope Jake has a good run. hope Motorbase do well as, as well. I hope the racing goes well for all of the teams. And we come away at the end of the, the weekend of three races for British Touring Cars with, with obviously good results. But I'd like to see Jake continuing to stay up in the top half of the, uh, of the championship points, if you can, and probably in the top six or maybe back on the front of the points listing. What about that? That would be lovely, wouldn't it? It's going to be tough, but I think it's home home advantage, perhaps. Uh, his home circuit is a track that he first raced on uh, or, or certainly drove on. And the, it's the home circuit for the team as well. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, feeling very confident we're going to be in the mix. You never know how it's going to work out, but uh, it should be great fun. But I'm, I'm sure the rest of the drivers will move over because it's, uh, it's the Jake's circuit, of course, won't we? <laughs> that would be nice. Can you have a word with them all for us, please? <laughs> if you could pull that one off, I'd be highly impressed. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be tough, as I said. There's too many fantastically talented drivers and very, very good cars out there on the grid. But, you know, the main thing is that we've got a great chance. The car's good. The package is good. The team are fantastic. And uh, Jake loves it around there. He's fired up. So, yeah, I think we'll be in good shape. Fantastic stuff.